Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that once ran for mayor of Jacksonville with the slogan, more beards and less clothes. The one, the only, Dave Burles, Berlin. Dang, I should have actually done that. We may have had the best mayor in Jacksonville City history. Could have been. Had I done that. I mean, just, I mean, uh, folks, check the record books. Dave never ran for mayor of Jacksonville. So true. But if he did... There's like an 85% chance that that would be his phrase that he would choose for a slogan. Word. My approval ratings would have been through the roof. <laughs> With that slogan, yes. Yes. I couldn't have lost. Although really. the fellas, and I know a couple, that can't really grow beards, they'd probably be a little disgruntled. Oh. They'd be a little disgruntled right. about that. But, you know. You, you Their could, wives would have voted for me, though. You could Wait, hand what? out fake beards to those guys, you oh, know, yeah. and that'd yeah, be like the, a Minshew stash. Exactly, and the Berlin beard. Exactly. Yes. And, oh yeah, and it's an alliteration too. Berlin yes. beard. Yeah. Ah, oh, God, that's so you can't good. Lose. You can't. Next, <laughs> nope. next cycle, we're going for it, Dave. You're going mayor. We're doing it, um, Dave. Now uh, that we've gone over the fake story of you being mayor, that's right. I've got to I've got to talk about something that's very real and true about yourself, which is okay. you're a fan of dogs. Yes, um, ma'am, you know it. You big know fan, it. big fan, and um, you have something in common with many people in my neighborhood. There are many dog fans. In my neighborhood. That's a fact. Dog walkers. Dog walkers. A lot. Now, uh, and it seems to be a predominant dog neighborhood. You know, I've taken tallies. Word. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I haven't, like, just, like, mm-hmm. peered into people's windows, but I'm I'm not right. seeing many cats. It's a, it's a mainly a dog neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, because thanks to this pandemic, I've had more of an opportunity to watch the dog walking, you know? Yeah, I, I've sure. got I've got to see these dogs in action, you know, and now right, I sort of understand a little bit more about some dogs, what you can expect out of a dog on a dog walk, oh. and okay, yeah, okay, you know, I've seen the things that you would think, like you know, the attention deficit disorder of most dogs, you know, mm-hmm. the the fascination with people, the fascination with animals. The fascination mm-hmm. with really anything and everything all at once, you know, just other be- than their owner. Yeah, yeah, just just being excited to be outside, you know, and For I, sure. I I noticed the different styles of different dog owners. You know, you have that one that's like the domineering drill sergeant that like the dog looks <laughs> yeah. over that looks over at a person and they just yell like thirty commands of the dog and like shove them to the ground to sit and they're like down. And the what? dog's like Jesus, what did I do, man? Sorry, what's going on? Like, completely confused. You also, mm-hmm. you see that other owner, that the dog's like way too big for him. They have it on the leash. The per- person weighs like 100 pounds and the dog weighs like 140. And the dog's basically yeah, just like pulling him around. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then, 
you see the dog owner combo that about every 20 seconds both of them forget that they're on a walk like <laughs> they, they both are just off into space like all of a sudden you'll just see both the dog and the owner just looking in different directions like eh, nice day uh, and then all of a sudden they look at each other like oh you want to move down the sidewalk like 15 feet do this again Okay, that sounds good. And just walk back down. The owner just goes back into space. So does the dog. I like those guys. That's my type of pace of a walk. That's a fact. But the the nice leisurely stroll. The my I think my favorite thing to watch out of all dog interactions is the interaction of two dogs on leashes that are being controlled by the drill sergeant owners, but mm. they're not oh, good man. drill sergeant owners. Like, they're bad Nor at is it. the dog yeah, it, it, listening to them. Exactly, exactly. And in this scenario, the dog acts almost exactly, exactly like your drunk friend at a bar who wants to fight everybody. Like... That's what I see in my head exactly. Like, it always starts, the two dogs are like 15 feet away from each other, and they're both just like sniffing grass, looking around, not really noticing each other too much. But then one dog does something, jingles their collar, goes from a sitting to standing position, and just like your drunk friend at the bar, this just sets off the dog for no reason. The other dog is like, ow! That mother ordered it, Heineken. He knows that's my favorite beer. He's doing it just to make me mad. Ow! And he just starts barking for no reason, just going crazy, right? And of course, the owner's like, "Ah, oh, get stop, get out, stop it, stop." And it's not listening. The owner's like, you no. know, the owner's like, "Hey, hey, you don't, you don't even know that dog." Just like again, the friend in the bar, they're like, "Hey, man." Yeah, that guy's not ordering your favorite beer. I'm pretty sure he ordered onion rings. Wait, what? It's not even a Heineken. Get over here. What are you doing? And for like 30 seconds, there's nothing more that that dog wants to do than to be let loose and just go at that other dog. And the owner's holding him back with like... Sniff his butt. He's like holding him back with like two hands, trying to entice him with other things. Like, hey, what I got over here? Oh, what's that? And again... Just like the bar, the friend at the bar, like, you'll find one thing to get the dog's attention. Like, hey, man, you want to go to mm -hmm. Wendy's? The drive is still open, 2 a.m. Baconator's calling your name. What? They still got the Baconator? Yeah, we probably should go. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, let's do that. Right? And then finally that owner gets their dog moving in the other direction. But then, this is my favorite part about the interaction, cause, again... Just like that drunk friend, it's not over yet. All of a sudden, he just sort of looks over half-heartedly backwards and just starts barking again. He suddenly remembers how that other dog is across the street, and he's like, "Oh, oh, I'm off again!" But he's it's like, you better be happy they're taking me away. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you better be happy that lucky that Wendy's is still open. You were lucky, man. Lucky. Dude, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of how in your story. It relates to the drunk friend because you know how like when you're kind of far away from another dog and then there's like that statue-like stare down yeah. where neither move. Uh -huh. I'm trying to think of how that relates to a drunken escapade fight. 
Well, but that that doesn't really do so well. There's there there's more. It's more the actual stare down. That doesn't really happen it's, in the drunken. Once, once they have once they have post stare down, then it's the drunken brawl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, you okay. just got to you got to okay. skip forward that part because I don't think there's yeah. a staring a staring issue. Nope. But definitely no. once once you pull them away, that is that is spot on. Like I would come and kick your right now, but he's telling me I gotta right. go eat. All right. So tomorrow, <laughs> there's pizza here. I'm serious. All right. Like, that is it. Now, Dave, when I dug deeper and thought more about this analogy, uh, I realized I had no segue for our actual show. Girl, come on! So, oh. I've decided, Dave, that our show is a little like that drunken friend or dog. Wham. We don't really have mm. a reason for doing the show. We don't do a lot of things that make sense. And usually we get sidetracked really easy. So That's true. We're a little bit like the drunken friend slash dog, am I right? A little bit. There you go. Little yeah, bit. I mean it's you what you're the leader and you're dragging me through <laughs> this hour and a half. Uh, although I don't know that you ever get really fired up enough at anything else though. That doesn't really happen. No, I'm, I'm not like, let me at him, Doc. Let me it's, be the lead. It's all right. We don't have to go too deep into this analogy. It's fine. We can just fire up the show. You wanna fire up the show? Let's fire it up. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Oh, man. Dave, I am excited. I'm ex We've got fantastic guests today. That's we right. We have Robbie, Pat, and John, better known as the Magic City Hippies. Yes, indeed. Whoop, whoop. Oh, Miami All-Stars right there. We're going to be playing some of uh, my favorite jams of theirs. I can't wait. We got some, uh, uh, you know, I look. I, it took me a while before the show mm -hmm. to actually think there's so many songs of theirs I'd like. And this was one of the groups that I had to be like, man, what, what do I want to play? There's so many. It actually right. took me some time to whittle down. But I think I got three that that are, that are so one, good. Man. Top, top of the line. Top of the shelf. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Let's go. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Uh, Dave, I'm very confident about this one. Word. Very. Uh, I'm giving you 99%. Uh, I reference him probably on average, I would say, like one in eight shows mm. or so. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. In fact, back on January 23rd, uh, 2019, we had a whole monologue on this fella. Me and you talked about oh, it. Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So here we go. Born on November 4th, 1969 in Uvalde, Texas. His mother was a kindergarten teacher and his dad was an oil pipe supplyman. Mm. His father... Dad. Why did I just change it from father to dad? I don't know. What? His dad also was signed by an NFL team after playing football in college, but he never actually played a game. He got signed to the team, but then was released before the first game. Our birthday wow. suit wearer went, ended up going to the University of Texas and studied radio, uh, television, film. He started starring mm -hmm. in commercials and music videos in the early 90s. His big break when he was cast by Don Phillips 
to play Wooderson in Dazed and Confused. Sweet. After this, he started getting many more movie offers, including A Time to Kill, Glory Days. Then in the early 2000s, he started being cast for romantic comedies, including Wedding Planner, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Sahara. But in 2010, he started taking more serious roles, like the Dallas Buyers Club and the Free State of Jones. That's right. Also, he played a large role in Magic Mike. Name that birthday suit where? Hmm. Where did he go to school? Texas, man. Texas. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. There we go. I was getting worried. Uh, Jeez. Oh, man. Come on. I was trying to... I was like, do we have something about Channing Tatum when you said Magic Mike? That threw me off. No, man. All right, all right. (laughs) Dazed and confused. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, that's oh, what I like man. about high school girls. I keep getting older and they stay the same age. Yes, same they age. do. Yes, sir. What? Yes, they do. I have a question about Matthew McConaughey. Do mm-hmm. people ever call him Matt or Maddie? You know? I think I think so. Okay. Okay. As long as you think so, I'll take it. But, like, you know, you never hear it. You just always hear Matthew. You always say the full name. Yeah. yeah. But like, I think some people would, like... If you're if you see him in person, I think you'd be like Matt, Matt. I'm gonna call him Mac Attack if I ever see him in person. It's happening. Oh yeah, you are. He's yeah, Mac Attack. Are. That's what it is. Now I gotta say too. Now when we talked about him way back uh, a year and a half ago, January twenty third, two thousand nineteen, uh, we were we we had some commentary. One, how he was all over the sports. He was at basketball uh, Texas games. He was at football Texas games. He was on Lincoln commercials. I got to say, the newest Lincoln commercial, I think it's like his best one yet. Hmm. Think I don't think I've seen that one yet. Well, he just narrates it. He just oh. he just narrates it. So it's got it's got a uh, musician in it, and the musician's like working his way to being a good musician, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, Matthew McConaughey is narrating it, and he says, uh, oh. knowing who we, I- who we are is hard. It's hard. Eliminate who you are not first, and you're going to find yourself where you need to be. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Words, words of wisdom from the 51-year-old Mac Attack right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mac Attack, I know you know who you are. You're the birthday man. Happy birthday, Mac. Yes. Happy yes. Happy birthday, sir. Okay, Dave, are you ready? Rip some headlines. Hmm. Let's rip it, Doc. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, Dave, I think we've all uh, taken a class at some point uh, where mm-hmm. we've been given an assignment, and uh, we didn't really think that assignment was worthwhile. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Waste, yep. Wa- waste of time, right? Sure. Um, which, if you're listening to our show, you're obviously aware of a waste of time, and we thank you. <laughs> For choosing us as yours. Thank you. Um, Anyways, Dave, the waste of time assignment. On that point, I have to go to a TikToker with the uh, handle Hans Poet. Hans Poet uh, put a TikTok up, and uh, Uh she's from New York. And she made Uh a TikTok of her roommate, who's in college, who in real time in the TikTok realized... 
that she had just submitted a paper in her class and she had left her temporary title on the name of the paper, which was oh, no. stupid f paper that has no meaning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, geez. Now, the video went viral uh, because the girl is hysterically crying and her mm -hmm. <laughs> saying that her college career is over and uh, there's no way that she can get the paper back. Um, so, Dave, I, I, I totally get the uh, impulse of uh, wanting mm -hmm. to put the title of stupid paper that has no meaning to uh, let out your frustration that you have to write it in the first place. Um, but Totally. It's sort of one of those situations where you're just risking a lot without getting any reward. Nope. There's no yeah. benefit of writing that title whatsoever. Like, totally. Get a whiteboard in your room and write it on there. Like, you don't put it on the paper. It's like playing Russian roulette for no reason. So true. There's a chance. It's not a big one. There's a chance you're going to forget. Like, I mean, do you think there's somewhere, there's some rough drafts of the Constitution where Alexander Hamilton and James Madison and John Jay titled it Stupid <laughs> Rules Why That Don't we, Matter? Right. Dumb. <laughs> like, no, I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm just saying. Also, if you're the roommate, I mean, if you're this girl, wouldn't you be like, hey, thanks. Thanks, by the way, for documenting me falling apart like a four-year-old that was late for their nap time. That was awesome. I really loved being on the internet viral crying for five million people. Thanks, turd. Yeah! Like, I'd be so off if that was my roommate that dude, did that to me. Dude, I know, man. I just can't think of the situation where you would just, like, yeah, you think it, but to, like, write it down as your title. Yeah. Even as no. a placeholder. No. Yeah. You're like, mm -hmm. like, at least, at have, least like, put an acronym. Title. You know? Yeah. Stupid, yeah. SFN, you know? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, right. And lastly, I don't know how many things this girl's ha girl has going on in her life, but let's be honest. Odds are this paper that had no meaning wasn't keeping her from doing anything important. Come on. So true. If she hadn't no. written this paper, she probably would have been on the couch eating Cheez-Its, watching Stranger Things for like the fourth time, and been like, oh, right. that's awesome. Yeah, come on. Come on. Well, uh, she hadn't, last I checked, she hadn't got her grade back, but she had contacted the professor, apologized, let him know what, or let her know, don't know if it was a he or she as a professor, mm -hmm. uh, but let them mm -hmm. know that uh, she basically uh, was, uh, did not, was not thinking and made a very bad judgment on the title and apologized. So uh, wow. they accept the apology. And, uh, I mean, you know, kudos for not digging deeper. You know, some people would have made up some, like, you know, my roommate submitted it because they hate me sort of deal or something like that. Right. You know? So, yeah. you got to give her kudos for owning up to it. That's that's impressive. Um, Hopefully the, the assignment wasn't worth much. <laughs> so true. Uh, okay, next story, uh, Dave. The whole not wearing a mask thing. It's getting... Mm -hmm. It's getting a smidge out of control. Um, yeah. And especially the the, uh, the the ramifications or the blowback from being told to wear a mask. It's getting a mm -hmm. little out of control. Uh, this next story is definitely an example 
of how it's gotten a little out of control. That's a fact. Uh, two sisters, aged 18 and 21, walked into uh, Snipes Athletic Store in Chicago last week without mask. It was store mm-hmm. policy for everyone to wear a mask. So the security guard that was working in the store walked up and informed them, hey, you guys need to wear a mask. Uh, the two sisters kindly responded to uh, the security guard by stabbing him with a knife 27 oh. times. God. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Jeez. Miraculously, security guard's still alive. He's alive after 27 times. Um, I, I, I don't... That one, that is amazing. He must be a freaking superhero. Yeah. Two, what the heck? Yeah, apparently one sister held the man down uh, while the other one uh, stabbed him in the back and the chest and the arms. Uh, I'm not sure what world these sisters live in, the, the, but it's definitely not the Game of Thrones. Like, you don't no, respond Jesus. to a person that's asking you to follow a simple rule by being like, you know what? I think we're going to murder this person. Like that? Oh, come on. No. No, this isn't a Martin no. Scorsese <laughs> film. Okay? Freaking you can't crazy. do that. Like, I don't even understand how you get filled with that much rage. Like, how does that happen? About a mask? I don't understand. Um, Me either, man. Anyways, they've been arrested. like, you know you're doing something wrong. Like, yeah. There definitely wasn't much thought process in between the response and the situation. No, no. Uh, Dave, on the show, we've talked big cats. That's a fact. Um... In fact, we just had a story a couple weeks ago about a French couple. They got a tiger cub mm-hmm. off the internet. Um, yes. Well, this next story could fall into the same category of bad ideas with big cats. Mm. So, okay. Michael Pogi, uh, a fella mm-hmm. down in Davie, Florida, he has mm-hmm. a uh, license to own big cats at his house. And mm. he has a leopard. Word. Uh, which, okay. for the folks out there that don't know, basically like a slightly smaller version of a jaguar slightly smaller african version of the jaguar uh usually weighs about 170 super strong big old teeth big old paws uh apparently a 50 year old dude uh contacted michael and said hey Mm -hmm. i want to get the full contact experience with this leopard i want to quote play with it rub its belly and take pictures with it. Mm. Um, oh my god! Apparently, this uh, this fifty year old uh, offered one hundred and fifty dollars to uh, get this experience. Now, as I'm sure you've already guessed, since I'm reading this story on the show, the man got it his full go contact well. experience, and uh, oh boy, the leopard mainly used his teeth and claws to create that full contact experience. Jeez. Um, the injuries were apparently so severe that his scalp was hanging from his head. Ew. Oh, freak. Yeah. Jesus. The man is expected to survive, though. Luckily, he's going to survive. But uh, you just got to ask, you know, what made this dude think that that would end well? Hmm. Like, right. I mean, if, if you change the story to he wanted the full-on... Uh, contact experience with a baby leopard. I can get on contact. I, yeah, sure. Baby leopard can't tell you, tear you apart. 
and they're cute and cuddly. They don't really have any coordination. They're falling all over the place. That's fun. That's good times. Sweet. But an adult leopard that has no idea who you are, and you just walk into his cage, you think that's going to end well? No, It'll that's freak not going to end well. You think the leopard's oh, going to be God. like, oh, new dude in my cage. Cool. He wants to rub my belly. Awesome. Yeah. No. No. That's, your food. That leopard is going to go leopard all over you. He is going to oh, yeah. unleash. And he did. Just a, just a notice to anybody that was planning on going and hanging out with a leopard this weekend. Don't. That's a fact. All right. Don't do it. <laughs> um, Dave. Have you seen Aladdin? You've seen Aladdin, right? Not the new one, yeah, but Aladdin. the original. Not the new one, but the old one, yeah. Yeah. Now, you were young, obviously, probably, when you saw that. Um, mm -hmm. Did you ever think, while you are watching that movie, that genies were real? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure, thinking back on it, but... I mean, probably I think not, at some right? point as a kid, you know... Depending what age, but you kind of know that that's not real. So true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, apparently, uh, two dudes in India convinced another dude in India that they had a lantern that contained a genie, and he needed to buy that lantern. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And, to make it Golly. better, the dude that bought the lantern was a doctor. What? He bought this lantern. And to, con oh, boy. to convince this guy, one of the dudes dressed up like a genie and then acted like he popped out of the lantern and acted like he was the genie. And apparently, whatever they did convinced this dude that, man, I need to get this lantern. This seems good. This needs good. This and these, <laughs> these dudes charged this doctor 70,000 pounds you know english currency seventy thousand pounds oh, for the lantern uh laik khan was the dude that bought the lantern and uh not too surprisingly after he uh came in possession of the lantern he uh, realized uh it didn't actually contain a genie nope and apparently uh laik uh, khan then went to the police and told them that these two men had cheated him into buying the lantern, and the men are now uh, into custody awaiting charge uh, charges. Now, the doctor Dave, should be in custody for being a freaking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Dave, like, how, what could they have possibly have done? That's uh, I've got so many. I'm so interested by this so story. So many questions. I've got so many questions. Like, I want to travel to India just to investigate all the players of this story. Like, right. just. To add, like first of all, like you said, is this doctor a physician? Hmm. Because if he's a physician, his patients know need to know he believed a lantern contained a magical genie. That's a fact. Like that is something they need to know so they can make their decision if they want to stay with this dude as their doctor or not. Like, come on. Come on. Second. I'm trying to think of what doctor he could be without like offending some doctor, <laughs> some type of doctor, like a doctor of psychology or something like well, second, theology. Is Who there knows? is there any possible way that we, like you said, can replay this dude acting like a genie? Hmm. Because like just in my head, this seems really super hard to pull off and make seem realistic. Like, how did they convince this dude? 
Like, did they tell him, like, hey, close your eyes. We're going to get the genie out. You can't look. Wait, what? Because it won't work right. if you're looking. Like, what did, what did they do? Like, did they use some kind of weird hologram? Like, like Lollapalooza or something? Like, how? <laughs> how did this happen? And then, right. third, if this doctor legitimately thought these dudes had a real-life genie in a lantern... And they were only charging him 70,000 pounds? Oh, come on! Right. For a genie that can give you three wishes, anything you want, and they're only charging 70,000 pounds, 70, pounds? Come on, man. Blam. Come on. Like, if they were charging 70,000 pounds, why wouldn't they just use the genie and be like, hey, give me $10 billion, genie? Like, so true. But, like, why would you sell that? If you had that, why would you? It doesn't make any sense, man. Doesn't make any sense. This doctor is off his rocker, man. Off his rocker. Uh, Okay. Dave got a little uh, Florida story here. Um, Now, over the years, we've been used to the Florida man stories. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most of them involve alligators, drugs, sometimes a pantsless person. Maybe a couple pantsless people. This one, uh, just a little bit of math. Word is at issue just a little bit of math so math? Uh, okay math not mask math m-a-t-h m-a-t-h yes Got it. so the uh 63 year old lee wingfield decided that he would uh buy a scratch off lottery ticket at the Publix in tallahassee Sweet. as he was uh, scratching off the boxes he realized he'd won a thousand dollars Mm. Nice. Right? That'll make your day, you know? So he was like, sweet. All right. He put the lottery ticket in his pocket, went about his day, was planning on cashing in the ticket later that day. And uh, when he went to cash in the ticket, pulled it out, he realized he miscounted the number of zeros behind the one, and he had won $1 million. What? Instead of $1,000. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So true. What a now, way to mess up. That's a fact. Now, now, Dave, Lee's, you know, obvious. He's a little bit older than some, 63. So, you know, I could understand missing maybe a zero or maybe like thinking a seven's a one or something like that. But how do you miss three zeros? Hmm. A comma and three zeros. Like... He didn't scratch them all up. Well, I guess th- those wouldn't have been scratched off. Like I, I don't know, man. I've never went to buy a car and been like, hey, I'll take the blue one out front for $17. Wait, $17,000? <laughs> oh, my God. Where did that come from? Jeez, should have told somebody. Wow. Like, man, three zeros. But like you said, it's a good way to screw up. Can't read it. It's really nice when you hand in your ticket and they're like, uh, we owe you a million dollars. Oh, well, that's way better than the 1000 I thought I was yeah, getting. We'll take nice. It. Uh, okay, Dave. Uh, so this one is in Oregon last week. They had a little uh-huh. misstep as far as COVID was concerned. So Uh-oh. last week, Claire Poche, hmm. Poche maybe, Poche? Nope. We'll say Claire Poche. I'll, I'll class it up. Um, okay. She's a doctor, and she's a senior health advisor for the Oregon Health Authority. She went on TV to uh, give the uh, newest values related to the COVID pandemic. And uh, as you could imagine, 
and this basically uh, around the country, the news uh, wasn't good. Nope. So uh-huh. there were 38,160 uh, total cases in Oregon, 390 new cases, 608 deaths as far as COVID. Uh-huh. And uh, she gave this information, very calm, very controlled. Uh, the only problem was she was dressed in a clown costume for Halloween. Wait, what? Uh. Yeah. So there Claire was, looking like a straight-up rodeo clown. Uh, not too surprisingly, a lot of people uh, weren't big fans of this look. Nope. They uh, didn't think it fit the situation, you know? Yeah, uh, I could see that. David, times like this, even for a learned doctor... That's part of the Oregon Health Authority that you might want to phone a friend. You know? Just, hey, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, how's it going? Tomorrow's costume day at the hospital. So I'm going to dress as a clown. Now, in the middle of the day, I'm planning on doing my uh, public health address on TV. And I'm still going to be dressed as a clown. What? I'm still uh, be a clown. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm going to play it cool. And I'm going to be super professional. I think it'll work. What do you think? And Jeff will say, uh, don't. That's a fact. You know? Don't be And don't you'll be, be like, oh, okay. All right, sounds good. There's enough clowns out there already. You know, like, I'm just saying, like, there's no way. Like, if you play it more professional in a clown suit, it just looks even more goofy. Yes! Like, it's just, it's, it's reflexive. Because then you're like, oh, look at that clown being all serious. That's not what clowns are supposed to do. There's no win situation with a clown costume, Dave. Just don't do it. Okay, no, Dave. There's no uh, winning. Uh, last story for today. Dave, some good news, bad news. You ready? Hmm. I'm ready. Good news. Luckily, no one this past month was shot at Disney World in Orlando. Nice. Nice. There we go. Bad news. A lady tried to sneak a loaded gun into Disney World and then. Blamed her six-year-old son for bringing the weapon to Disney World. Girl, come on! Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So this this happened back on October 8th. Uh, they had the Advent health workers taking temperatures of everybody that came into the park, right? And one of the mm-hmm. ladies that was taking temperatures noticed there was another lady over near the bushes of the entrance messing in the bushes. And she was like, what is that lady doing? That's weird, right? Yeah. So she uh, contacted, surve- uh, you know, uh, supervision, huh? surveillance, what? whatever, security people at uh, Disney World. And they contacted mm-hmm. the Orange County Police. And the Orange County Police came, hunted down the woman, and uh, looked in the uh, bushes and found a gun that was in the bushes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked her... Uh, what's going on with this gun in these bushes? And she was like, oh, yeah. I had told my son to hold on to it for me, right? Stand right here while I go get my brother. My son put it down, messed with the plants. You know, I put the plants back, but I didn't know he'd put it down, and I didn't know he left it over here. Word. Now, uh, of course, the next question by the officer uh, was... Why would you give a six-year-old a gun? And right. she said, because she was going to have him hold it until she got her brother to take it back to the car, obviously. Wait, what? Now, uh. <laughs> besides the problems 
of a six-year-old holding a gun. It was also obviously not a true statement because the Advent health worker saw her put the gun in the bushes and there was security camera evidence showing the lady putting the gun in the bushes. Uh, Side note, the gun was loaded and she wasn't licensed to have a concealed weapon in the first place. Jeez. Uh, So... (laughs) I just get the happiest place on earth. I just don't... Dave, I don't I'm, get it, man. I'm wondering, though, I think, like, one of my biggest things here is how this lady thought telling the police officers that she voluntarily gave a six-year-old an illegal loaded gun would be better than her just having the gun alone. Hmm. Like, right. did she think they were going to arrest her six-year-old and be like, oh, man, well, he had it. He was the last one that had it, so got to take him to jail. Girl, like, on. no! You're responsible for that kid, and you you said you gave him the gun. What what is what is wrong with you? Second, like she said, he took the gun, put it in the bushes, and then she put it back. Didn't realize he put it down there. Wouldn't the first question be if you actually gave the gun to your kid? Where did you put the gun? So true. Like yep. Wouldn't that be the first thing? Like, oh, man, he got rid of that gun. Wonder if he sold it on the streets. Who knows? We'll see. Anyways, let's get going. Like, what? What? Ah, man. Lastly, was the six-year-old there when she was making these claims to the police officer? Hmm. Because, like, if I'm the six-year-old, I'm not taking one for the team like that. Nope. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, this turd is totally lying. She put the gun there, not me. Roll the security footage. I had no part with that gun. That was all mom, not me. Like, ah, geez. Regardless, I think we can all agree. Hiding a 9mm in the bushes at Disney World, not a good look. Nope. It's not a good look. Don't do it. Don't do it, kiddos. Don't do it. Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest for the show, none other than the Magic City Hippies, one of my favorites right here. This is Bull Ride.
Here on Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida, Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. do us a huge favor. Download your podcast, download an app on whatever. Mm-hmm. Search the Doc G Show, download us, give us a five-star review. Yes. Throw in something there, you know, that you love us and how awesome we are and blah, 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 blah. Yes. And we really, really appreciate it. Yes. We need it. Mm-hmm, we do. We need your vote. We just need, like America needs your vote. We need your love and support. Is what we need. Thank That's you. That's what we need. Yes, love and support. That's what carries us all. Thank you, Dave. Thank yes. you. You're welcome, uh, Dave. We need to pull out the miscellaneous file again. Say what? Um, there we go. So, can we all agree that Jake from State Farm? Needs to stop getting so muscular. Huh? What, what the <laughs> f- is going on with that guy? Have you seen one of those commercials recently? Like... No, I I know they have the new guy yeah. in there. I don't in, know. In, in his office. I don't know what he's doing, man. He's like prepping for a bodybuilding contest or something. Jeez. Like, he honestly is so ripped. Like, the most recent... Com- I don't know. I... <laughs> I saw Jake from State Farm in my neighborhood for Halloween. Well, he, he was going to his belly, not, well, not to his arm. He was go he was going he was going the old school Jake from State Farm. Now this new one, man. Right. This new one, the most recent commercial, he's playing cornhole with Patrick Mahomes. He's literally way uh, more ripped than Patrick Mahomes. That's a fact. Way more muscular Let than Patrick see. Mahomes. And you're just like, "What? Huh? What? What? Is this- what? Bro, come on." <laughs> I didn't need a superhero for my State Farm agent. Nope. Like, what's going on here? Like, come on. It's a little it's a little outrageous. Just saying. It's a little oh, outrageous. he is getting big. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It's a little outrageous. Like, I, got, I, got, I got him next to uh, Aaron Rodgers, too, and he's putting him to shame. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, like, I don't want to be biased, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can buy from sh- insurance from a guy that's that in shape. Like, what? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Being a little intimidated to ask for insurance from a dude like that. Just saying. So true. Yeah, I mean, his. Yeah, bo- how can you talk him down? I mean, his bod's looking good. Can't. Let's give him credit. His bod's looking good. I'm just saying. It's oh, em- yeah. It's embarrassing for us not superheroes. Okay. It's embarrassing. Yeah, we're gonna have to go with progressive. Exactly. <laughs> Flo's not that ripped. Nope. Jeez. No offense, Flo, but you're not that ripped. Let's be honest. Anyways. Yeah. Everyone uh, knows it. 
Okay, Dave, I think we need to run down uh, the best shows, the most played shows this week, oh, this past week. week. Yes. Let's do it. Number five, very good one, July 19th, 2020, A.J. Smith. Yes. Yeah. Hope he's enjoying Nashville. Seems like he is. Seems like he's having a good time. That dude goes uh, banana sandwich for Halloween. He really... Oh, he and his girlfriend. He and his girlfriend just like they. I mean, they 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 have a whole theme. They like make movies about the th- all kinds of stuff. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, number four, August nineteenth, twenty twenty, featuring Dead Posey again. That's right. Ooh, yeah, they've been yes, on the top. Been on the top five like a bunch of times. Danielle and Tony once again. Great interview. I can understand why they're on the leaderboard. That was a good one. That's true. Solid That's true. One. Uh, number three, August 5th, 2020, Blackwater Fever. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Excuse me. Oh, God. Ooh, yeah, sneeze. Soul. Yeah, it got crazy there. Um, Blackwater <laughs> Fever. Good show, though. Shane was solid. Very nice. I've actually got a new song coming from Blackwater Fever soon. That's right. Oh. Yeah, he sent it to me. He was like, hey, can you play it on the show? And I was like, you better believe I can play it on the show. Duh. Yeah, I can. Be honored. Right? I'm excited. Uh, number two, October 21st, 2020, TK from Doom Flamingo. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. And then number one, October 28th, 2020, Grandson. There it is. There yeah. it is. Top five, listen, solid. Solid shows right there. All good shows. Go back really? and check them out, nice guys. Variety. When you download all those, I think um, I think one of our uh, our classic listeners uh, downloaded all of our shows. I won't I won't call out I won't call out his name. I don't know if he wants to be mentioned on the the pod or not. But I know he was oh. doing some traveling to the uh, the Chicago's uh, the Chicago game. I think he downloaded some some pods. Sweet. I think he did. I noticed the I noticed I the numbers. You. I noticed the numbers go up in the uh, in the New Orleans area. Um, number uh, uh, huh? <laughs> I don't know what I don't know where that came from. I was about to just yell out a number, and then I was like, "Wait, what? What am I yelling numbers for? I'm going insane, Dave." Wow. Anyways, uh, Dave, I think we need to also give a shout out. Not to the newcomers, nope. not to the regulars, nope. not to the semi-regulars, nope. but just to the international listeners. Yes. Ah. Yes. Switching it up a little bit because we, well, we had a we had a great we had a great week for international listeners. A I lot love of to hear that. A lot That's of right. different countries. So here we go. First off, shout out to Italy, longtime listeners. The boot. Shout out to you guys. Next, yes. shout, out. shout out to the 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 home country of our former uh, guest host, Justin Evangelista, the Ooh, Philippines. The Philippines, yeah. Shout, shout out. out to the Philippines. Next, shout out to Romania. Shout Ooh, out. Romania, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Australia, the land down under. Okay. Yes, shout yes. Out. Shout out to Ireland, another constant regular. Thank you guys in yes, Ireland. Shout, Shout out. out to Spain, another constant regular. Thank Spania. you, Spain. Let's go. Shout, Shout out. out to France. Thank you for listening, France. Oh, parlez-vous, Francais. Shout, Shout out. out to Russia. 
Thank you, guys. Also, regulars, Russia listener. Yeah. Shout out to United Kingdom, of course. Regular listeners is there. Shout out to Canada for listening. Thank you, guys, our northern neighbors. Shout out to Germany. Thank you, Germany, for listening. Shout out to Bolivia. South American listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hitting the whole dang globe. You know, we're doing it. Shout out to Ukraine. Yes, yes. Shout out to Vanuatu in the Pacific Ocean there once again. And lastly, shout out to Latvia. Yes. Ah, Latvia. Yeah. Man, keep it coming, guys. We love our international listeners right there. We love it. We do. It just feels special. Yeah, I mean, we were getting a bunch, man. And like you said, it was all around. We had Europe. We had Asia. We had, we, the only thing I think we were missing, we were missing Africa. We didn't have any Africa going on. We had North America. We had Dang South it. America. We, we had normally Europe. do. We, we normally get some good Africa on there, though. Well, we had Mozambique for a long time, but yeah. we lost our constant Mozambique. I don't know what I did to offend them, but Dang I it. did something to offend them, and I, Girl, come on. I, I greatly regret it. I apologize it. for him. Yes. Yes, exactly. Nonetheless, keep it coming, international listeners. We appreciate it. We love it. Uh... Okay, Dave, here we go. Next birthday suit, are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, this one's 95%. Again, not really your wheelhouse, but I'm confident. He's a big name. Word. Uh, Born on November 4th, 1969. Same, uh, no, yeah, same Same year. year, Same year, there you go. Same year as Mac Attack. Uh, In New York, New York. Uh, sadly, our birthday suit wearer's father was shot and killed when our birthday suit wearer was only two years old, so he never really got to know him. Our birthday suit wearer went on to go to high school at Mount St. Michael Academy. After high school, Mm -hmm. our birthday suit wearer went to Howard University, but decided he wanted to go into Mm -hmm. the music business and left after his sophomore year. He became an Mm -hmm. intern at Uptown Records, started gathering talent like Jodeci, and Mary J. Blige. In 1993, mm. he made a big jump in his career, starting his own record label called Bad Boys Record. Record. Bad Boy oh, Records. Um, oh. hmm? Keep going. Oh. I think I, okay. I, think I got it. With keep Notorious going. B.I.G. and Craig Mack being some of the most talented artists, in 1997, he decided to become an artist himself, along with being a producer. His first album, No Way Out, earned him five Grammy nominations two actual one Grammys, and sold over 7 million copies. In 1998, he made a clothing line called Sean John. In 2000... P. Diddy. P. Diddy. Puff Daddy. Sean Combs. Diddy. Yes. Yes. That is correct. Uh, just, I had two other things. In 2003, he ran the New York City Marathon, raising $2 million for the education system of New York. And, uh, he's currently worth $740 million. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. There you go. 51 for P. Diddy as well. There it is. There it is. Puff Daddy and Mac Attack, same age. That's right. There you go. Man. There you go. Both of them looking pretty good, too. They both definitely look... Great for 50. I mean, if you ask me, just off... I mean, I know too much about both of them. I would get close to their age just knowing what they've done when they did it. But 
Like, if you just gave me a picture of them, no way that I would guess 51. Nope. No way. Nope. No way. Really? I'd guess, yeah. for, for Mac Attack, I'd guess like 40, you know? Sure. And for Puff yeah. Daddy, probably around 42. Maybe, maybe even a little younger, maybe 39. Who knows? Yeah, know. that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, they're, they're young guys. They don't, look, they don't look their age. They're yeah. fit. They're young. Not a lot of wrinkles. Mac attacks. I thought he was losing his hair, but he didn't. Nope. He just kept that hair going. So right, true. Right, kept it going. <laughs> right. Looking, looking strong. Puff Daddy, strong hairline. Both of them. Solid dudes. And they've got a, they got a few dollars, you know? They're doing all right in the money mm. department as well. They're they doing are okay. doing just fine. Doing okay. Uh, happy birthday to, I. does he go, he still goes by Diddy now, right? I think he still goes Diddy, by Diddy. Diddy, just Diddy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Happy birthday to Diddy, turning the big 51. We are going to take Damn. a break. After the break, we will be back with John, Pat, Robbie. But first, we're going to hear one more from the Magic City Hippies. This is off their newest album, Modern Animal. This is Franny, right here on the Doc G Show.
93.5 Spinnaker Radio WSKRLPFM UNF Jacksonville Hey what's up this Rock Montana This Mucho Yellow And it's Rockin' Yellow And you're listening to Doc G Show From 803 to 904 The best show on the radio You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, I am very excited to have the Magic City Hippies on the show with us. Pat, John, and Robbie, fellas, how are you doing today? Awesome. Yeah, doing great. Fantastic. Doing Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Now, I, am I wrong or all the Magic City Hippies in California right now? Hmm. Oh, man. No, just me. This is Pat. Okay. I'm, I'm out here in Cali now, but we're in three different parts of the country. So, so John, where are you at? So I'm I'm the one still here in our in our HQ out in, in Miami. Fantastic. Uh, so, and then Robbie's in Montana. Mm. Uh, so we're we're really we're triangulating the whole country, trying to get the the best tunes out of uh, all the different you know climates here. Man, and I'm trying to go to the highest point right now. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> big sky over there in montana that's right <laughs> crazy yeah, that's right. well i i saw robbie you getting in you you had some pictures of uh yellowstone just a couple of weeks ago and definitely that yeah. fairy lake looked amazing oh man it's, it's some of the bluest water i've ever seen it's a glacial lake uh and it's like you know six thousand feet up in the air so it's kind of a mind-blowing thing you know coming from miami where everything is you know, literally uh, ground level, sea level. So. <laughs> For sure, man. I saw that water and I was like, man, I need to. I never really thought about going to Montana, but after I saw that picture, I was like, you know what? I need to go to Montana at some point in time. You know, I would say neither did we, but when, you know, we've been on tour for a couple of years now, and when we went through Montana, uh, it was a place that I never thought I would go. But it is some of the most beautiful nature I've ever seen. Yeah, so it kind of kind of warmed my heart a little bit there. For sure, I uh, actually it's funny. I, in in graduate school, I met a I met a, a girl uh, that she was from South Carolina, been in South Carolina her whole life, and she just made this U turn uh, at her graduate internship where she was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go to Montana for my internship. <laughs> And we we're like, what? Why would you go there? And uh, you know what? She hasn't regretted it since, and it's been like yeah. six years. So I can't. I think yeah. it's too t cold for me though during the winter. I couldn't. I couldn't handle that. Our, one of our first times rolling up there, we had to. We had to learn how to operate a snowblower. <laughs> like we had like a good 50, 50 yard driveway of the Airbnb that we got into at like midnight. And we had the, they had this sexy red snowblower waiting in the garage. We're like, Thank God! But yeah, it's pretty serious out there. Man, <laughs> man. Now this this could just be me, but looking from the pictures, just looking over your guys' career and everything, I get this. I get this vibe from Robbie. He gives me the vibe that in about twenty years he's going to take over as Dosa Keith's most interesting man in the world. Like that that's, funny. that's just that's just the the look I get from him. Every picture I see I'm like there's a story behind this picture. 
I see some interesting <laughs> things going on here. So true. Well, spe speaking of interesting things going on, you guys had some virtual sessions this past month and the month before that. Uh, you did Bonnaroo, uh, virtual reality. Uh, and then in mm -hmm. August, you did the, the virtual Lollapalooza deal. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. every performer wants to do real deal live performance. But but how have you guys enjoyed doing the the virtual performances? How were those? They were great. Um, that was so. Shout out to, to Pat Lincoln, Torchhouse Media. He's our. Uh, he had kind of been our our you know for the longest stretches we've ever had a, like a videographer out on tour with us. He was mm -hmm. out with us, so you know he he kind of fell in, became part of the part of the team, part of the sloppy you know, touring <laughs> outfit. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, it was it's good because he's filmed you know he's done recaps for us of so many actual shows and he's got such like a a dynamic like handheld you know vibe mm -hmm. so i think it was cool like you see a lot of that stuff is is more like on a tripod or a few fixed cameras and it still feels like you know you're watching the music through a piece of glass or something yeah. whereas you know he's like you see he's up there like getting john's like sweat on him and you know like he's like right <laughs> up against the guitar he's like swiveling the camera around so I think uh, it was cool. We were trying to like bring the kind of you know chaotic energy to the to the visual. But I think he did a good job, so it was kind of cool. We we ended up kind of proud of it because we've never, you know, that's like the first thing of its kind. Yeah, um, we don't really have any like you know in quote unquote like in studio you know like live things out. So yeah, kind of. You know, happen that way. How how was well, the like response? Said, you can't. Sorry, you can't overestimate what it's like to have the guy that's on the road with you every night. You know, hung over on stage, you're bumping into him. Like you know, I've like almost kicked him on stage or tons of times. So when you're making the video, you're just so natural. And we even also had to have the AC off to get the haze going. So it was really like being on stage. You're like sweating your <laughs> off, breaking strings. You know, you're like, all right, this is. Most, like, in-studio performances is probably the chillest, like, you know, live yeah. experience you're going to have. But we're in there. You made it real. Making sure it, yeah, exactly. Nice. Nice. Now, now, how was the response from the fans? Have you heard a lot from from them, from those performances? Yeah, we're usually, you know, the, the YouTube stream has, like, a chat going along the side. So we usually, you know, sit there and, and say hey to everybody. Nice. We a, I think we had a troll. Oh no! But for the most part, you know, it was good. Like you know, everyone we had, we were missing that we would normally see at Bonnaroo for yeah. like the past couple times. People who had we, had we had met on tour, you know, were in the comments. So that those nice. It's, it's the closest we can get to fans. It's kind of like the NBA games where you have virtual fans. Right yeah. Now. So I mean, yeah. I think we, we all needed that a little bit. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well. uh, Unlike several guests, is actually interesting. You guys sort of had the reverse of a lot of guests that I've had on the show. You guys were, you were finishing a tour right when the pandemic hit, and I've right. I've had so many uh, guests that were like literally like the day before they were leaving, they had to cancel everything. They were like getting on their bus, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? Stop!" Like, uh, so. Yeah. Did you guys hear things building up when you were finishing that tour? Did you hear things like, hey, are we going to have to cut these shows short or anything like that? It, I don't think it got there yet. I remember we played in in Seattle, and then, like, two days later, there was, like, either the first, like, death or mm -hmm. just or confirmed mm -hmm. case or something, like, out, out on the, the West Coast like that. So I remember yeah. I was like, oh, 
like this is about to escalate. Yeah. But we were, yeah, luckily we were, that was like our home stretch, like L, you know, like down the West Coast and then across yeah. the Southwest. So we were like within the past, like the last week of our our tour anyway. And it's just astronomically lucky that like, yeah. the timing worked out like that. Because, yeah, it is obviously, you know, thrown a huge, um, you know, indefinite like wrench in the live music industry. For sure. So, yeah, we're, yeah. Glad we got to yeah, we know. We luck we lucked out, you know, we had pretty much constant topic conversation. Every time we meet up or if you get on a call together, it's like, God, we're so lucky that just you know, we came back on March first, March second and before yeah. we locked down two weeks later. And, you know, it just it worked out in a lot of ways because our plan was to come back and like kinda Starting this new record, probably at our own pace, but you know, it's just suddenly just kind of thrown into full full time, you know, writing mode. And this this new stuff we're working on is, you know, we're we're blowing our own minds, you know, nice. and actually sit around and really chisel at it in a very in a very like nurturing environment. You know, there's nothing yeah. like so because we're separate, so everyone's at their like their home studio. Usually, we're like all crammed into you know one room every night till three in the morning. And so I, I think there's something about, you know, we're so fortunate. Obviously, none of us are sick or anything like that. Yeah. The worst case scenario in all of this. But we've been so lucky just to actually kind of put ourselves in environments that's really letting the music blossom. Now, now I've, I've heard from a lot of the guests that we've had on the show since the pandemic started, like almost every artist wants time to work they always complain you know i don't have time to write if man if i had time to write and then they got hit with this time to write but they weren't ready themselves and so it took them several months or several weeks to be like okay now i actually got it did it take you guys a while or were you able to jump right in and be like all right we got this time let's start writing we hit their ground running i don't know i guys you know we all probably experienced it differently but it really felt like some of the songs on the record you know the demos were made that first month in quarantine so a lot of that stuff is going to be on it so yeah yeah it kind of coincided naturally with what we were gonna be i mean we were obviously gonna take a little time we've been touring a lot but we also yeah, that's what we were going to be doing is, is making new music anyway yeah. uh, I think something that's you know touring whether or not you're fully out on tour for like a couple months at a time or if it's just like I think it's more the fatigue is like never really being in one place for too long yeah. you know so even if you're not on tour like just doing fly outs for, for festivals or little like you know four day or five show runs yeah. you know you just never really lay down roots anywhere yeah and there's obviously you know it's the hustle of it so you would never voluntarily like take or at least in our current um situation we would never voluntarily like take a break from it it would say yes you know and go out and keep playing and so that's maybe a silver lining is like we all got to take a take a breath and and kind of you know set up shop yeah like where mm-hmm. we where our significant others are and where we need to be right now i just i don't know if it would have happened this way uh, in the midst of of all those stuff that keeps coming up, you know? yeah, for um, sure. So it's a silver lining. Obviously, not a not worth everything that's going on, but um, that definitely has been something. Nice. We're kind of on sabbatical. <laughs> I guess that's what it feels like. <laughs> Took a sabbatical for the record. I like it. Uh, yeah, and usually you don't get that in this industry. So you know, I'm counting a blessing. Yeah. Well, uh, now talking about that hustle, I noticed actually I, I saw this in an interview a couple of years ago. I think it was Pat 
that said it was it was hard to find somebody to take care of your cat while you're on tour. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and oh, man. I will say that once you guys get back to normal, Pat, if you want to come up here to the north of Florida and drop Bat Cat off with me, I will take care of Bat Cat. Uh-huh. Looks like a pretty awesome cat I want to be friends with. So. Oh, she's great. I will take care of her for sure. Um, let's let's take the listeners back. You guys obviously got your start in Magic City in Miami. You guys started playing together about a decade ago. Now, I got to say I'm a little sad because I just missed John and Pat at the University of Miami. I graduated from Miami uh, in the fall of 07. So I missed... Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I missed you guys just by a, a tad, just by a tad. Now, John and Pat, what what was the plan when you guys went to the University of Miami? Because I'm guessing you weren't like, well, we'll go to Miami, we'll meet up with a with a busking musician, we'll make a funk band, or we'll tour around the country. I'm guessing that wasn't the the idea when yeah. you went. No, yeah, I mean, we both no, went to. Go ahead, Pat. Total, totally the plan to, to join a dive bar band. <laughs> and, <laughs> never look back <laughs> well i would i would actually say like you know i i my like aunt sent me a flyer from the band i had when i was 12 or maybe 14 the other day mm-hmm. uh and i was like i have this is all i've ever wanted to do yeah like i don't really want to be like the very specific thing of like not just music not just like play music like we do but i've always really wanted to be in a band mm-hmm. you know a band where like there's the, most people like definitely know Robbie's name but it's like it's the, the we're not like you know a, a a super group it's like the this this name exists and we're the three names listed underneath it yeah and like I've, I definitely got to, me and Pat Bowen DM to go to music school right yeah and well, yeah, I definitely really. was like I have to well Pat transferred in he was originally doing engine uh he can tell you more about it but <laughs> I was definitely like I have to find my band and yeah. I you know I remember being there and me and Pat were like, you know, we're like, we were like the, of the competent players of music and jazz school, we were like, you know, the, the least all-star, I'd say. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of get there and you have all these monster players. You, could, you know, we're still playing to everybody, but I, it's funny. It took till kind of the last, I definitely the second half of college when I kind of stopped looking yeah. and then it just happened, nice. you know? So yeah, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I I had not realized that till like a month ago, and you asked the question, so I, was like, <laughs> I have the answer. I was like, yes, I kind of did want to. That do was this exact it. Thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Well, Ro- Robbie, what about what about you? What first got you interested in music, and how did that end up you busking in Coconut Grove? Mm. I mean, I've always I've always known that like music was a special you know, way that we don't entirely understand like how it's just so magical how you can communicate with people and like make them escape their real lives and, you know, feel things. I I think I've always known that, but I, I didn't know really how to get into it. So I was just like, I'm going to play on the street. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And uh, I think that's, that's really where it all started because I I started, you know, creating a little fan base and, you know, he would climb the awning up his bank and steal electricity. And (laughs) we did that for like a year. 
And uh, I think that's where the dive bar gig started happening. Uh, shout out to Barracuda Bar. Yeah. Uh, shout out. And I think I think that was the beginning right there. Nice. Not, crazy. You 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 know Barracuda Bar, right? I do. Yes. I'm I'm very Usually familiar. Usually we do interviews like this. Yeah, we do interviews like this. We always shout out to Barracuda. The guy's like, whatever. Like you know what we're talking about. Oh no, no. If you went to the University <laughs> of Miami, you're gonna have to know Barracudas. You're gonna have to know all the bars in Coconut Grove because you're too poor yeah. to go any anywhere else so that's the place you need you got you got a split of some of those of uh, some of the students that go there but um anyways so you, you were you were busking and then you go to barracudas which is a, a college bar and i always see when uh when you guys are explaining it that you met pat 15 minutes before you played together and and yeah, then I, true, I, yeah. I see in these interviews, it always is like, uh, it's always like Robbie had a revolving cast of college musicians. And I'm just like, was, was, did he have an intern program with Miami? How did that, <laughs> how was it set up? Like, how did you guys yeah. actually hear of this and start playing together? It was called Free Beer. That was <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I just remember, you know, University of Miami is an interesting like social ecosystem for like a 19 year old. Oh yeah. <laughs> like people, people, you know, you have like the people who live in Miami who are going there. Mm -hmm. You have like, you have like the people from Europe who are like, they, they're living in the dorms for the experience, but they're driving this like, you know, like super expensive sports car around oh, the for city. Sure. And they, like, yeah. they, they go to like live on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. I don't know why like, I didn't have like the fake ID and the, the whole, I didn't have the Miami like, you know, kit <laughs> going to really, to really do it right. Yeah. And I just remember missing freshman year. Like, so I you know, was playing drums since I was six years old. I always had a drum set. Like a lot of time never went, went by without me sitting behind a kit and playing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the whole year, didn't have it, lived in a house with my buddy. And then it was just, I was like, I was not in the music school yet. Um, I was in electrical engineering and I was just Ugh. hanging out with musical kids as much as I could because I was like holy crap like this you, you like play like just to see someone walking around campus with like a bag of drumsticks I was like oh my god like that's crazy <laughs> that's your class and uh it was just a, through a couple friends that were in the music school uh Sean Saul was his name um was playing bass with Robbie because at that point Robbie I think you had already had a couple other like different people just come in and sit in and play mm -hmm. but then Sean met him and he was like oh he's you know he's looking for a drummer and so yeah i just showed up you know, nice. on friday night parked across the street from kudas and like handed robbie my kick drum <laughs> he, he <laughs> helped me load in and everything we moved that gigantic wooden table <laughs> that we had to move every time and like clear out our corner to play and then i think from that night on we played that game pretty regularly for i don't know it was like a year or something like that it seemed like it man mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Well, I'm I'm right there with you uh, as far as the engineering. I was in biomedical engineering for my first two years, and I realized I hated math, which is a really bad uh, thing to do when you're in engineering. I was like, oh, wait a second, <laughs> this is horrible. That's a fact. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Now, <laughs> now, like, the, obviously, uh, you guys have a unique sound. You you've cultivated the sound that's you know part funk, part rock, part pop, part reggae. There's a whole bunch of things that go into it. Did you, I, I'm guess you don't seem like the guys that would sit there and be like, here's the exact sound that we need. I'm guessing that just sort of grew itself organically when you started playing more and more. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think 
a lot of the records was kind of a separate. I think I, I'm lucky to like when I work with John and Robbie on stuff. I'm lucky to be working with two very open-minded about not basing um, basing like the the direction for the recording off of like. Uh, our identities as players. Yeah, it's kind of like whatever it takes. So we're we're really using the studio as an instrument. We just got those speakers in back at our ears. We're just trying to get as excited about whatever sounds we're making as like anything any other music we like. Nice. Um, so it's like we're passing around the guitar. Doesn't matter who ends up, you know, playing the solo <laughs> or whatever. And you know, I think it's it starts with us just like listening to a bunch of stuff, just kind of going down a little, going on a little tangent of just like. You know, whether it's like stuff we like just thought of that day because it's like something from the 70s that your dad showed you when you were little or yeah. a song that you just heard on the radio or whatever. And we kind of, you know, it kind of, you just like tip that first domino and then like the ideas, you know, or like happy accidents. I think that's something that we're maybe missing right now. We're like working remotely is that everything that we send each other is maybe a little more calculated. Yeah. Whereas we're, <laughs> when we're in the room together, you know, someone... It's like, oh, why don't you play something like that? And then they, they mess it up completely. And you're like, oh, that's way better. <laughs> and then you change you know, to, to go with it. It's, it's, a lot, it's like, a, you know, you live in Miami. It's like chasing the dragon, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know that feeling when you're, when you're out, you're going hard. And you're like, you're just like, for some reason, I just feel like I need to, I need one more beer. I need to, to figure out the next <laughs> move to keep going. And we're like chasing that dragon, but like in the music. Nice. You know, it's like. We're not like, oh, okay, we're, here's this little world we're building and you hear the characters live and hear the songs and how it is. It's, it's like whatever in that moment is the most compelling thing that gets played by any of us. You know, it's just, it's a, it serves the music first, you know? Yeah. And we do, you know, obviously we keep a, we do kind of try to keep our, our, keep it open on purpose. I remember way back in the Cuda days, me and Pat lived together for five years. So we would drive to the gig together. Yeah. And um, we'd always be like, let's listen to something different that's going to kind of like inspire us for this thing. Cause it was such nice. a free form kind of improvised version no of rehearsal. music. No rehearsal. Yeah, no rehearsal. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I'd be like, Pat, show me like a hip hop record from the nineties. You really like, and let's try to like, we'll listen to it on the way to gig. And then we try to kind of go for that, you know, or like he showed me some Steely Dan, sh you know? And so like all that, I just remember that being such a like, going into the it, we were consciously like you had to be open to anything the night that he showed you aqua barbie girl that was not a good night on stage <laughs> yeah. oh no guys we're <laughs> improvising yeah. in the wrong I'm way it didn't know sometimes it was ambitious i remember we looked like voodoo by d'angelo and we're like well we're i don't think we're gonna like pull any of this off tonight <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> whatever. The Quest Pino rhythm section, you know, at the <laughs> <laughs> Well, so the name Magic City Hippies, fantastic name. Yeah. It took you a little bit to get there. You were the Robbie Hunter <laughs> band to start, and then you guys made the name, derived it from that house you guys lived in, the Hippie Castle, which, I gotta be honest, everything that I see about the Hippie Castle makes me want to move there. Uh, is is the castle still for rent? Can I move the whole my no. whole show down there? Oh, no, it's been no, it's got two. Yeah. It's got two addresses now. It's a big uh, modern oh. concrete building. They filled in the pool. They oh. cut down the fruit trees. Oh. Just flame. That's just horrible. Oh man. Yeah. So but we got to. It, it is a kind of a coincidence that we got to commemorate it like that. Like that house had been in kind of multiple generations of like music school students. Yeah. Um, 
at least at least from what we knew i don't know if before that but um and uh we were the last ones to live there we kind of like stayed there <laughs> after college and and recorded the whole like those first two records the robbie hunter band record and the yeah. ep were all recorded in my bedroom there yeah so and um that's got to, you know take that photo and and kind of make a uh, i was about know, to say commemorative project out of it and then we, you know did we know it would not exist soon after that oh man I got so excited. I got so excited because I heard all your descriptions about the 70s wood paneling, and I like almost got the feeling that the carpet was just made entirely out of pubes or something. That I was like, oh, it's so 70s. Yes. Like, it just, and now it's gone. That's sad. Oh, well, man. We gave it a proper send off. We threw a, a pretty big razor. I think it was like on the last night that anybody lived there before the game's over. And, you know, we played. We, we had a fog machine running like way too much. It, it was like you know people are riding on over the on all the walls. And actually, the the Bellatarius, our live band, EA and Fernie, you know, played bass and keys with us. Yeah. And you know they 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 joined the band. They were fans originally. I don't want to say that like like we had a lot of fans, but they knew you know our yeah. music. And they met us from going to parties at the Hippie Castle that we would play it as a trio. Nice. And so we didn't realize until like that very last party that they had never gotten to actually play there with us because we hadn't had a party in a while or whatever. Yeah. So their their first time playing the Hippie Castle was that like last, the last night time. ever. And, you know, people were people are riding on the walls. You, you know, there was a couple hundred people there. You know, it was it was it was worthy. Man, you know, nice. Nice. Well, I heard I heard you say in one one interview actually that the the landlord actually used to live with Ken Casey, the author. Oh, the, the yeah, the, yeah. So Bob, Bob is still next door. Bob's house is is the remaining. You know, I need to go like, talk to Bob. Then hippie castle, man. <laughs> need Bob, Bob and Lenny. Lenny was our landlord. Bob and Lenny were best friends dating back to like the late sixties. They like dug that pool together man like back in like the early 70s and they, everything about everything that was special and weird about that house is because they they built it nice um and yeah he was lenny lenny and bob they, they were like film guys I, they used to do like the you know commercials in the united way stuff for the nfl or whatever but they man. were he i know bob used to live in a vw bus and him and his wife did and they yeah he lived in a commune in Oregon or something with Ken Kesey for a while. He'd tell us wow. all sorts of crazy stories. Man, I got I got yeah. the hippie castle. The hippie thing goes deep. It was uh, in the veins yeah. of that. That house for sure. I feel I feel like I need to now do like a part two with with Lenny and, and, and Bob, <laughs> Bob, those guys on. Yeah. Well, wait, aren't those the guys from The Simpsons? Lenny and Bob aren't those like the two guys that work at the factory? Carl, like, Carl, Lenny. Carl, yeah, Carl. Sorry. No, nah, Carl. It was close. Maybe he knows a Carl too. <laughs> maybe. Um, now you mentioned it as far as that EP. Was that the last thing that was recorded in the Hippie Castle? Was the Hippie Castle EP? Yeah. Um, the EP was the last like full project there. We started Hush, which is like the first single after that. I started it in there, but then the sink leaked through the wall or whatever. I shared a wall with the kitchen, and then like, it flooded the room, and then we uh. were about to move out anyway. And then the laptop that Hush was on got stolen. We played like two shows in one night. And like my someone broke into my car, mm. and so we had to restart that. So yeah, that was like that was the the last thing that would have been started in that in that room. Got it. Well, like, um, you yeah, know, that's the last thing. Well, looking at the streaming numbers, 
you know, off those that initial EP, that's still some of your most popular stuff. Like, I mean, Fanfare and Limestone, people love. They're both over 15 million streams on Spotify just by themselves. What do you, what do you think is the drive of that album that people still love those two songs that much? Well, I think um, I think there's something so. You know, we like I said about how like when we're working remotely and everything's a little more calculated, mm-hmm. and the magic is kind of in just like you know, happening. Yeah, um, I think that's something that transcends like music making in general. And if you were to think about like fanfare was the thing that set that EP off, right? Yeah. Um, like we we changed the band name because we already had somewhat of a following from the Robbie Hunter band album, which was called Magic City Hippies, and then yeah. we eventually changed the name. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were starting from nothing. We put it out like burnt. We you know bull ride was out, and like nothing was really happening. We're mm-hmm. like, like what do we do? We just like <laughs> we just killed our, our momentum. Yeah, yeah. But um, and fanfare, we never thought of it as a single because I don't know it's just so weird. We're like you know it has that all those. It sounds like old samples at the beginning. It's just Robbie, like, you know, riffing Mm -hmm. into the mic. And and there's no, like, hook, hook, you know what I mean? Like, instrumental. Like, we just overthought it. And we're like, oh, that's not a single. That's, like, a great intro. But it has all this. Literally, that's the first, like, the door you hear opening is, like, John walked into the room while we were recording because we weren't taking the take seriously at all. Robbie's (laughs) like, oh, I have these lyrics, but it's kind of silly. We're probably not going to use it. (laughs) But that's, like, the verse and all of that stuff that's on it. Nice. Something just kind of uh, flowed. Yeah. And and that's, I think, with the rest of those songs, just that era, you know, everybody we know uh, who knew us and went to those parties and yeah. was hanging out in that place. It was just, uh, I think everyone's life hasn't been quite that carefree at any point <laughs> since. <laughs> and so there's just a good, I think it absorbed, you know, a lot of good good energy definitely good vibes and then and some some magic to happen on those songs for sure yeah and people can feel that relaxed vibe no doubt yes! you you guys have been a hundred percent independent uh the the whole the whole time i feel i feel like that initial ep you had to get some interest from from record labels i mean i feel like there had to be at least a couple nibbles on the line were there any times that you guys thought about not being independent and going another direction with it right i mean you know we definitely since then have gotten like the back and forth from like some of the label and they'll be like hey like send us what you're working on and they listen to it they're like cool like let us know in the future when you're still working on you know it's it's just we haven't really gotten anything strong but you know i don't it's not something we necessarily were like here is our our ideology our principle say that we have to be independent but just like looking at it now you know, we always kind of felt like what we were doing was like whatever we wanted, even if it wasn't like the natural way to do it. When it came to like making the music or yeah. like the customary way to do it. Yeah. And I just feel like we didn't know what we were doing. We weren't like, oh, yeah, Spotify playlists are the future. So we need to, <laughs> you know, own our masters and streaming. Yeah. There will be a pandemic. So owning all of our masters, we get all the streaming money. Yeah. Like we can, you know, like. But I think to anybody now that was starting, I, I mean, we did recently get like a nice, like, you know, an informal, like six figure offer on, on something. And we, we turned it down because we were just like, no, not, you know, like, we yeah. kind of, this is working out right now. This is, we love kind of the structure of it all. Yeah. And, you know, I can't, I can't really imagine in retrospect going any, any other way. Now, you know, if we wanted to make a bunch of videos for this new album, a lot of times you need 
money from somewhere. Yeah. So like we'll see moving forward, obviously. But I don't. Know, I think we're we're, we're pretty kind of happy how things haphazardly worked out. And I would recommend yeah. it to new artists now. Yeah, I think the the romanticized like you get a a rec a record deal, you know, thing. Like we all have that in our heads. I think we think we were there's definitely like you know there's a couple years in the beginning when we were like definitely like hungry for that and yeah. like we get some interest we get super excited and we're all imagining our future and that happened enough times anyways where and it didn't pan out that i think now we're just like i don't really want to do that like oh, i just worked out that we didn't get sucked in yeah yeah it's for it's for the best there's not there's not um i don't think there's the same risk taking involved I, I someone you know who i know who this friend of mine works in the industry told me that like a label kind of what they really just do is take you from 10 to 11 Mm-hmm. So it's like by the time you, by the time one a label deal is useful, you've got enough leverage where it's a good deal, and we're like, yeah, oh, you can't. That is maybe the only way to grow further. Um, I I just think the peace of mind and the, I don't know, for some reason at all, it's all seeming to to work out. It's pretty self-explanatory. There's no business arrangement or anything that we're you know salty about. You know, we just split everything yeah three ways, and we know exactly what's going on, and yeah, you know. Just work at our at our pace. No, no, Pretty yeah, nice. for sure. I mean, it, it makes it makes sense to me, especially talking to several artists that we've had on the show that have taken deals and have came came away from them disgruntled. So you know, it make it makes sense that uh, doing at your own pace, coming together the way you want to, and and obviously owning everything is a real real benefit for sure. So true. So you guys released Modern Animal last year, which was really the the first album as magic city hippies even though like you said you released album of magic city hippies when you were the robbie hunter band that was a long build-up how how did how did it feel when you guys first got that full-length album out last year i mean the whole the whole it the the last month was pretty crazy because uh like we we played Bonnaroo uh, that last year, and we like headlined Thursday night on the that stage, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was that the same tent. night that yeah, that tent, sorry. And it was the same night that um, the Modern Animal the song, the single, was coming out. Yeah. So we it was just like it was very like you know a lot of times you release stuff and you're just sitting on your couch. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you're like oh, shit. but we literally like. I never played the song live before, so we played the titular, you know, single for ten thousand people. You know, wow. No, and then and then the two days later, at the end of Bonner on Sunday, we had a listening party for the whole album. Jesus. So that's crazy. That's yeah. like a really weird thing, and we had no no idea if anybody was going to come, and a bunch of people did. And you just like play the record, and you like we stare were at there. We just went out <laughs> with the crowd. We, we, yeah, well, first we were like, do we stand on stage and just like look off? It's like, no, we're just <laughs> drinking and dancing. We're like hanging out with the fans and they're like loving it. But um, at the same time, like I, it, it puts so much pressure because you know, Pat, oh, yeah. he produces all of, our, all of our music. So he could tell you about the time he had and how he felt in that moment. Yeah. I don't think my brain was forming new memories due to sleep <laughs> deprivation at that point. So I maybe can't <laughs> speak on it. I do remember for the listening party, I was like in the van all night the night before i had our like campsite like making like rough masters because <laughs> the record wasn't done when we had the listening party man i was so nervous that i was like oh, i have to like watch people listen to this like <laughs> that i mean but, that uh, that's a little bit of a nightmare scenario if like nobody likes it that is like i mean you know you oh, see a bunch of faces looking back at you like slame 
Like, oh, I God, mean, that was like, yeah, that was my fever dreams. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it, it was great. Uh, that was like a pretty immaculate um, weekend. Just all the momentum that we felt, you know, around it and everything. For sure, for sure. Well, now I, I like to ask this question to most artists with like their their albums, but. <laughs> You know, uh, right now when you look at like streaming and whatnot, Indiana, Franny, and Modern Animal are the the most played tracks on the album. What, what do you? Is there a song on there that you think should be up there with those that you think is you know like you're really proud of that you feel like's been slept um, on? Um, I, I I mean I love by like a weapon. Uh, I mean, those are probably the three I would pick that I would assume would be up there. Like Franny, I used to be a math teacher. I was math degree from UM too. Yeah. And I, was a math, I was a math teacher for seven years before, but until like a year ago. Nice. And my students would hear that I would play them the demos and all this stuff. They would really pay attention to the lyrics or whatever, <laughs> and they loved Franny. All you know, the high schoolers, the little kids. You know, they would sing it when I would walk in. So I was like, this is. You know, yeah. this is gonna work. People yeah. are gonna like this. Nice. Uh, I really, you know, I think what, what what would I do is really beautiful, and I, there's so much cool guitar stuff on that. For me, as someone who played a lot of guitar on it, I'm, yeah, I, I, I would love people to listen to that over and over as well. For sure, for sure. Robbie, what, Robbie, what's your sleeper on it? I'm curious. I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think the one that I'm like personally most proud of is Modern Animal. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the sleeper, and I, I don't know if everyone's going to agree with me, is really the wind, honestly. I don't know why it is, but it just does something to me. Hmm. It's not even like necessarily our style, but uh, just that, that last part that you did production wise, like, it just always gets me. And <laughs> it's, it's just pretty, it's a pretty song. Nice. Nice. The wind is pretty. I'm I I'm a weirdo. Then I I'm my, my favorite on there that I feel like slept on is Kamikaze. Like I yeah, I, I was gonna say that. Pat was gonna say that. That's Pat's yeah. favorite. That's yeah. always yeah. Been a, it's like his favorite little child on the records. And it's like we were, way we were listening we to so much. We were listening to so much Diddy McLean. Yeah, who's like this. Uh, you know, like uh, rock steady, like lovers rock. Yeah, dude from the UK, and he samples old like Treasure Isle record stuff. And so we're trying to kind of get that like, you know, vibe and crunchiness. And I just that's something I would listen to the bounce of that while like riding a bike, like on the Venetian Causeway, like yeah. in Miami. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, we got something. And then that outro kind of came out of nowhere, and we were, we were pretty proud of that. It has, it has a, it has a real, like you said, it has a real good bounce vibe. I feel the happiness of that song. I really like it. Yes! Now, in all this downtime, you you talked about it. How far are you guys along with this this new material? Well, it's it's always like it's a mix of. I'd like to say I'd like to say there was an easy um, analogy for it. I was gonna go. I was gonna just go for it, but I really don't have one. Um, I was gonna say it's kind of like a slab of marble and we chisel away at it. It is a little bit more like that than building up. You know, yeah, I think we'll have some songs. I would say we've got like, you know, we're looking at nine, ten tunes, but yeah. like, you know, some of them might not make it. You can't tell yet. Yeah. Until you really go for finishing it and it's like find out what everything it's ever gonna be. And yeah. you're like, uh you know. But um but yeah, we're we're planning to, you know, have a have a, a another LP's worth of music. Um it's just too early to tell, you know, how much of it we're gonna you know, is gonna land for uh, sure for the final thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely definitely gonna come out. You know, like you said, the Modern Animal record that was like four years between the EP and the Modern Animal record. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and versus this thing, 80% of it was written since quarantine, a couple songs beforehand. Yeah. So we are accelerating. This nice. is like going way faster. You know, we're, we're kind of, I just feel like there's a little lesser of like feeling around in the dark and it's more, you know, it's a little more, like I said, when you're chasing that dragon, like the lights are on now. We can <laughs> kind of like see and communicate to each other what we think we should do. And it, and it just kind of happens. Nice. Versus part of it is the structure too of, I definitely agree with Pat the whole, like all the happy accidents are really what make like the true details of the record really nice. Yeah. But what we used to do is we used to just meet up every night. <laughs> for four nights a week in the studio till three in the morning yeah and maybe just our, our sandbox was so big you know that you know we're always kind of going a little farther in it yeah versus i just our our process now i think it's just it's, a little more you know, streamlined streamlined yeah it's just i don't know it's just it's gelling so you know we're we're gonna have you know four records worth of material i mean most of the songs are almost done but for us that last that last i always says the last like you know 10 percent is like you know, 80% of the effort to really like <laughs> make it something that we want. I think it's, I love your metaphor. You've you used it before about, you know, we're not like building songs from the ground up. We have, we're just chipping away at a piece of marble and it's always kind of hard to tell. I imagine if you're like a sculptor, like when you're done, because you know, there's more details you could add. Yeah. There's more form you could add to it. And, you know, I was about to but, say, the, know, producer, we're happy. the producer always thinks it's got to be a little bit longer. Needs a little bit more time. Yeah. You got, got to take a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, well, overall, yeah. last question. What's what's the what's the plans for the rest of 2020? I know a lot's got to be up in the air, but what, what are you guys wanting to see done by the end of 2020? We're making a push with with um, you know writing and producing and, and throwing together this music. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're about to be... We're about to be all in, back in Miami together for a couple weeks. Nice um, in November, and we're hoping, hoping at the end of that, we've got you know we're in a in a an even further place, like further along with the now, tune. But that's now, pretty much our singular focus is, is this batch of music. Are you are you planning yeah. on releasing them as singles? Uh, I mean, putting out singles, or do you want to just put it all out as one batch? There we go. We'll do a whole album cycle, but you know, once, once, even so, we, you know, we let's say we got all the tracking done. Yeah, that still needs a little time to actually, you know, mix and master it. Yeah. Um and then you know, our manager wants a couple months stuff like that. But it'll, 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 it'll be trickling out. You know, once it starts, once it's ready, and then it'll kind of waterfall out to the album. So you know, yeah, it, 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 you'll you'll hear one song first in the future, probably before you hear the whole thing. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, guys, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for taking so much time to talk with us today. Of course, yeah. Good times. Awesome. Yeah, good questions. You had you had questions about other people's questions. They're rare. So. <laughs> well, listeners, you can check out all things Magic City Hippies at www.magiccityhippies.com, or you can follow them on Instagram or Spotify at Magic City Hippies. Right now, let's take a listen to my favorite off of Modern Animal and... I guess Pat's Kamikaze by yeah. the Magic City Hippies <laughs> right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Magic City Hippies. There it was. Kamikaze. So true. As you heard in the interview, that is me and Pat's favorite song off of the new album. Off of the new album, Modern Animal. That's right. Get it while you can. Fantastic. So true. Man, I am really bummed that the hippie castle no longer exists. That was yeah, no. It would have been perfect for you, man. You'd have loved it. I well, I was I was like I mean, come on. I was already like when I was doing my research on the fellas before the interview. Yeah. Like I was thinking about just moving everything down to Miami and that becoming the Doc G headquarters. That's right. Just <laughs> right. hippie castle, Doc G. Taking into uh, molding in together. Oh, sweet. Oh, how good would that have been? It would have been amazing, is how good it would have been. Word. Yeah, man. So much better. They basically live. One day you'll make your own. They That's basically right. live the life uh, I wanted to live in Miami. That's what they did. That's what they did. Toach jelly of those fellas. Word. Man, do they have some good For songs. Sure. Good songs, guys. Get ready for their new album whenever it comes out. They're working on it. Who knows how long it's going to take Pat to finish that puppy off. But once it comes out, make sure you get it. In the meantime, make sure you get Modern Animal. Uh, Dave, hmm. you know what time it is. Yes, sir. It's Shoe and Tell, baby. Number 23. Woo! Let's go. Woo! 23 indeed. My goodness. Now, we agreed, Dave. We agreed. This was going to be my favorite of my collection. A big in your grail. So, I have today the Jordan 6 Carmine's Dead Stock. That's right. Say what? That is right. The The Carmine. The Carmine Red and Whites, my friend. I have been in love with these since 1991. No. Do you have the 17 CDPs, don't you? The, no. These are the original. Yeah, the countdown packs, I have the 7s and the uh, 16s. Uh, oh, the 16s. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. No, these were these were when they were sold originally as retros by themselves. So, yes, sir. Oh. Uh, so what year did these come out? 14. 2014. 2014. Okay. I love these. They've never been worn. The clear bottom... The gum bottom with the huge you can lick them emblem on the bottom. Oh my God, they're just ah, Dave. Ah, now they're beautiful shoes. They are. They. I mean, they're just. First of all, these aren't the most expensive Jordans that I have in my collection by far. Uh, I mean, right. you could get a pair of these right now, brand new on StockX, uh, same size, only four hundred dollars. But hmm. they're just. I mean, they're just. First of all. This is the shoe that that everything in Jordan's career came together with, man. These were the shoes right. that he won his first championship in. They're one of the most popular combos. Uh, I mean, something. To, this is the year that he won an NBA championship. He beat Magic Johnson to win that NBA championship. He mm-hmm. he got Finals MVP. He was first team All NBA, first team All Defensive Team, scoring title uh, uh, owner, and MVP. Wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 
What a baller. You can't get much more dominant than that in a season. You just can't. Like, that is dominant. Right? And, you know, the thing about Jordan, you think about, like, I mean, really, he could have won MVP from 88 Every year. to 98. <laughs> but he almost right. did anyways. That's it's right. crazy. It's absolutely insane, man. Anyways, there's something. The go, dude. There's something magical. I, uh, I like that you. I like that you picked a shoe that meant a lot to you and the career. Yeah. Rather than the most like hyped shoe. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. No, I. And I do say, even though this isn't a really expensive shoe, it is a really loved still, shoe. Yes, it is. The carbines have are a, a really. Good, I mean, they're just such a strong shoe. Like if someone's wearing that, you. It's a big statement. Yeah, well, it's it's like just such red, a, just like pops. yeah, exactly. It's like it's like the markings of a dangerous animal, but you want to be friends with it. So true. I'm like I'm basically mm -hmm. like the guy with the leopard with these shoes. I'm like, oh, please don't rip off my face, <laughs> Carmines. This is awesome. Like they're just so right. they're so good. there's something so magical about it. It's just simply the greatest, man. It's the greatest in my book. It's just it's. It is a work of art, like 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 you were saying, the the red popping with the accented white around it, oh, and then the great spoiler with the red on the back and the air under the Jordan emblem. It's just mm. ah, mm, best. It is the best. Twenty three, right there. Twenty three. So good. So I love it. I'm glad they're going back in the box. I put them back in the box. What, what 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 kind of occasion does it have to be for you to wear those to undes them? I, I would I would have to get another I would have to get another pair, and then I could do okay. it. And they're by the way they're okay. supposed to come out in 2021 again. So I did see that. So celebrate the 30th anniversary of his first championship. So there you go. Anyways, Dave, that is 23. But don't worry. There's still some great ones left in the collection. We've got some other great ones. I had to the Carmines was tough because I had two others that were really close that I was like, eh, are they? Yeah. Eh? They're also very close, very near and dear to my heart. So we've got some great ones coming up. Don't worry. Uh, I'm excited. Okay, Dave. Last birthday suit. You ready? I'm ready, ma'am. Now, uh, yeah, he's a pretty big name in football, but not like huge name. He's won some Pro Bowls and whatnot, but uh, he's been retired for a couple of years, so I didn't, uh, okay. I didn't give him all the way up to a high 90s. He's at 90 percent. 90 percent. Okay. Uh, born I'm a on football player. I think I think you got him. I'm pretty confident. Uh, born on November 4th, 1981, in Boynton Beach, Florida. Our birthday suit wear love sports growing up, played football, competed in wrestling and track and field. He's one of the best shot put and discus throwers in the state of Florida. The colleges oh, were more excited about his football talent at defensive tackle position. He ended up going to the University of Miami where he played football and did track and field. After winning a championship with the Hurricanes, he decided to enter the uh, the NFL draft in 2004. He was drafted 24th overall by the New England Patriots. He played 11 seasons. Oh. Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork is correct. Yes. Let's go. I knew you'd get it. I knew you'd get it. 
Uh, he played 11 seasons Dude. with the Patriots. Love him. But was traded to the Houston Texans in 2015. He played two seasons with the Texans. In 2017, our birthday suit wear announced he was going to retire. He signed a one-day contract with the Patriots so he could retire with them. Over his career, yep. he was a five-time Pro Bowler, a two-time Super Bowl champion. Vince Wilfork. There you go. Dude, I, I love Vince, and I love the commercials or whatever it was when he was in the uh, overalls. Yeah. So true. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I knew uh, what you're talking about. He's a he's a go getter man. He was a hustler at that defensive character. defensive tackle position. You know, Dude, so freaking big. I was, but, like, I was about to say, like, big old God, big old belly. Big. But man, that guy could move. Big old belly, right. but he can move. It's crazy. I mean, you know, I think I I, I cross path his uh, his uh, forty time, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like right above five seconds. It was like five point zero five or something like that. Which, Still, to be that big and move like that. Yeah, well, I'm... Yeah, 5.08. Yep, 5.08. It's crazy, man. Crazy. At 325. <laughs> yeah, that's that's moving some weight right there. That's that right. That is moving some weight for sure. But happy birthday, Vince. Turn the big 3.9. 3.9 for Vince. Yes, sir. There we go, man. Well, okay, Dave. It's time to tell you about the great show next week. We do have a great show next do week. Do it. Can't wait for it. Dead Poet Society. Jack and Will going to come on. They're going to talk about uh, living in in uh, Boston, working at the Boston mm-hmm. Burger Company. We're going to talk about best burgers at Boston Burger Company. Excited about that. Nice. We're going to talk like about it. new album in the works. We're going to talk about moving out to California. A lot of good things in this interview. Very excited. So Very true. Very excited. But it's going to have to wait until next week. We're going to have to wrap it up for this week. Dang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting me excited, man. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the fake mayor of Jacksonville, Dave Burles Berlin. Be on the lookout for Berlin's beards, peeps. Do I, do I get it? Do I get a, um, a vice president? mayor or what's what's my I don't, uh, I don't think you get a vice mayor no name. you're just you're just a mayor I need you to be a running mate no no i'll be i'll be your uh i'll be your campaign organizer that's what i'll, I'll, All right, I'll do deal you will do that because th- that way then i can uh i can host because we'll have berlin's beards and gordon's goatees i can i can host all the parties so true i mean i there do like go. gordon goatees come up but with all the ideas but now i feel like my i feel like i feel like my beard was being un- underrepresented by a goatee you know that's right yeah. well i we, we just want alliteration uh, i understand i understand <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. I understand. Anyways. It's politics, baby. We have derailed. There is no purpose to all the fake crap we're talking about right now. Nope. None. Anyways, <laughs> until next week, I've been your host, Doc G. With me, Dave Burles Berlin. And until next week, yes, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.